So it had been too long since we we brought our our dear friend Mike on on the podcast, and and let's let's be honest, uh, Mike Mike reached out to us and, and called us out on Twitter for bringing uh, Nick on, and and again Mike has said before that he's not he's not much of the basketball guy, so we, we reached out to Nick, but we we couldn't have Nick without Mike, and so Mike Roach, our friend from Two Four Seven Sports, is on today to talk to us about a little bit of football recruiting as uh, hopefully the dead period winds down. Mike, man, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm going to use a basketball analogy. I got the rebound. I'm coming up the court. I got the number one up. I'm calling for the ISO. Everybody clear out of the way. I want the ball. <laughs> well, we clearly should have had you. You you know your your basketballs. That's that's amazing. Not really. Uh, <laughs> I watch uh, the NCAA tournament every year until my bracket goes bust, and that's it. Like We sat down to record this. And Gerald said something about Gonzaga getting blown out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that game's on, huh? I forgot about that. So <laughs> I'm not too much into it. How are you guys doing? I'm great, man. I'm doing I'm doing really, really well for uh, someone who has zero interest in watching the NCAA tournament after that uh, that opening weekend debacle. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, see, like, that was the game. Where was I at? I think I was at a tournament. And I, like, rushed home. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch Texas play tonight. And they're hopefully they're going to make a deep run here. And all this, they got all this good mojo going into this thing. And like, I told my wife, like, make no plans. We're sitting down and watching Texas tonight. And like, at the end of the night, she's like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you only got one. That's and that. That was it. Yeah, we, we should have all known collectively. Just the, the level of optimism had risen too high. We'd cracked some ceiling of, of karma where it had to come back down on us. It, People, the national media was 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 hyping us up. Everyone, we felt like a feel good story. It was too good to be true. It had to, it had to hurt. Here we are. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean, it's Chris Beard seems good. That's my take on that. Um, <laughs> you know, he's done some things that seem good. So uh, I guess if that's what it took to get it, then sure. You know, we'll uh, again. I I love the ADHD energy from from Coach Beard, and I'm excited to to watch. Oh it man, I was seeing. I was seeing. So I didn't get to see his press conference, but I need to go back and watch it because I saw your tweets on the matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like super ADHD, um, and so like when you said it, I was like, I need to watch this because I bet I can identify with it. Well, Ger- Gerald said it, and then. Beard said it. He actually, after like five minutes after Gerald tweeted that, like, man, I love this ADHD energy. He said, sorry, guys, my ADD is just kicking in. I'm thinking about three other things. Could you ask your question again? <laughs> That's amazing. That's uh, I hope the Longhorn media took that better than my wife takes it when I give her that same response. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and moving on. Um, so. <laughs> Mike, on the football recruiting side of things, the the big news right now is that Texas is kind of, uh, and in most of the big name schools have, have kind of carpet bombed a little bit with the visits, scheduling visits for the summer, with the anticipation that the extended dead period will be over sometime early summer. You've mentioned it before that the staff really would benefit from getting kids on campus to show off the new facilities and the new the new staff itself and all the new newness really that's there so what are they hoping to sell to to kids on these visits well the first thing is is it going to happen and that's the question i've been asked a lot and so um you know we've read that the the council on ncaa is going to uh uh recommend what they can for opening 
visits June 1st and allowing people back on campus um, to end this COVID dead period that started mid-March last year. And so um, that's the first question. People have asked me, can you like put a number percentage on it, like what that it opens and... I mean, like I said, 65, I also say that like 83% of all stats are made up. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, no, I, I mean, it's hard. Like I, I would say judging just kind of gauge like the response from the coaches I talked to and people in the NCAA. I think they are cautiously optimistic that it is going to happen and open up. So if that does happen, Texas could finally host players on campus. The last time a player was hosted on campus, um, was Kamar Wheaton um, in March of last year, right before the dead period. He was literally there wow. the day they shut things down. Um, and he was the last, that was the last visit he ever took. Um, and so, you know, I, that's a long, long time ago. And so um, I think you guys know this, Texas can sell Austin. Um, it's a cool campus. It's a great city. There's a lot of great things to do. And when you show people around there, I mean, the, the, everything shiny, everything sticks out, especially with the new renovations and things like that. And so, you know, I thought it was unfair. Um, like I'll go back and I'm not really in the business of making a ton of excuses for the previous staff, but like, I didn't get a great feel for those newer recruiters. I mean, I had a good feel for how they would recruit in a world of COVID if it was COVID all the time, mm. but I, I didn't think it was really fair to judge those guys who were on their first year without really being able to use the full resources at the university of Texas. Um, you know, when they had kids on visitors early in the spring, they were generating some excitement. I mean, they were, they were doing some cool stuff. I mean, they, they got to meet the coaches face to face. There was a lot of excitement going on there. And so um, I just think that when they're, when you're robbed of that, you know, it, it's really hard to, to quantify how good those guys are as recruiters. So um what I'm really looking for is how do how does the Steve Sarkeesian staff do a visit? I know how the Tom Herman staff did a visit. I know the way Derek Chang and Brian Carrington would set a visit up. Um, and and I kind of knew the, the benchmarks they would hit. And I'm kind of wanting to see if there's anything different uh, from this staff. And I think that the two people to watch, really, um, in this case, are uh, Taylor Searles and, and Courtney Helam two uh, ladies who were hired in the off season to be uh, quote unquote, I think their titles are directors of on-campus recruiting. Um, and so what those, what those people do is they plan out the whole day you're on campus and they make sure that they've got lots of events. They are your, uh, your cruise party, uh, your cruise ship. Uh, what do they call it? The activities director, basically <laughs> like uh, they are uh, so making sure everybody's doing the right, like the cool things and then to make sure everybody's having fun, making sure, Hey mom, do you need a, you need a bottle of water? Hey, do you guys want to go see the, the business building? Hey, do you want to go see the tower? Uh, have you guys seen Lake Travis? That's pretty neat. Um, all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, Texas had a, a person in in uh, in that role before. Uh, Jordan Fields was her name, and she did a great job from everything I've heard. I'm interested to see. Uh, I believe I know Taylor Searles. Came, I mean, she, and she's the daughter of, of former Texas offensive line coach Stacy Searles. Stacey. So she's she's been around football and and grew up in Austin basically when Stacy was coaching here for a little mm. bit. Um, and she came from Vanderbilt. I can't remember where Courtney Helam came from, but I think both of them are SEC uh, schools. So I'm kind of interested to see kind of how they put that spin on a visit and, and what that looks like. Those are the biggest things for me. And then obviously, you know, the North End Zone is not done, but it's a lot more uh, 
presentable than it was during the fall season last year. That that's some like really interesting insight, Mike. I mean, we get you here, and it's always great to hear. Like you know these recruits, you know their tape, you know what they can do. You you obviously are a wizard in there, but th- that to me was as enlightening as as anything. Gerald and I have ever said on this podcast, maybe, but just that insight into into Texas recruiting, into how it's different in COVID, you know, how 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 much harder it is to, you know, you can really snazz up a Zoom background and only so much versus taking someone around the the beautiful city of Austin and 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 again names that people probably aren't aren't talking about much, but who who could be the linchpin to Texas future success. I think it's interesting if there is a city, and maybe we'll have to talk later about our rankings of sec cities but not particularly exciting outside of maybe nashville um in vanderbilt uh being there so maybe maybe they pick the right one uh from the conference where it just means more but i'm i'm curious you said a year since we've had any player on campus um but we're doing something where we're bringing them in big groups and and um kind of really selling that and that team and family i mean it, from your perspective, how important is it to get some of those players on campus at the same time as each other? It's massively important because that's when kids start making decisions. They start building a consensus and there's no better example of that than the 2018 class. So I'm going to, I like, stop me if I go on too long because I can nerd out all day on the processes of a recruiting department and how they structure a visit. And like, that's what really gets me going. Um, (laughs) Wild. I know I'm a wild time. Uh, Like, and I, and I can, and I love recruiting history. So like, let me take you back to 2018, Tom Herman's first full cycle. That class was built in a core really on a on an elite day visit in january when everybody kind of showed up at the same time and then those guys really started talking and so there will be spring visits where um i mean i remember that junior day that year was loaded it was uh, bj foster keontae ingram deshaun jameson anthony cook jalen green all those guys were on campus at the Mm. same time talking hanging out they were all from houston it was like the one year where houston had a disproportionate amount of talent and dallas was really down the, all those guys knew each other and like at the spring game that year um like seven of them committed silently and so we knew kind of then like okay these are gonna start dropping during the late may and summer and it was like you know it was this was back when i worked with ej we couldn't miss that year. Like we really couldn't. I mean, we, we kind of, we had insight into the right group because we knew a lot of those guys, they all played together on the same seven on seven team. We had, um, I had, I actually had an end to the group text of that seven on seven team. So I would get screenshots <laughs> sent to me from that group text telling me where everybody was going. Um, and it was like, the, the aha moment for us, I, I can recall, was like we knew that all these guys were kind of like building this consensus of we all want to go play together. And I was talking to R.J. Henderson, who was a 2019 recruit at that at, at an event, and I asked him about Texas, and he goes, and Brennan Eagles was not committed yet. And he goes, yeah, Brennan Eagles has been recruiting me at Texas really hard. Um, and I was like, <laughs> huh. And this was like in March. And so I was like, huh, okay. And I think Brennan ended up committing – around the spring game. So um, those guys get together on those things and they really start building a group. The funniest part of that was like Jalen Waddle was the one guy, Jalen Waddle and Leon O'Neill were the two guys in that group of people who didn't end up at Texas. And, you know, Leon for whatever reason, and I, I I'll, I'll refrain from talking about Leon. Um, <laughs> 
but I remember just constantly joking with Jalen Waddle because I knew Jalen Waddle wasn't going to end up at Texas. Like he had silently committed in the spring. Some people got in his ear and changed his mind. And I just knew Jalen's personality. He was never going to go back on that and, and no matter what. And I remember being at an event in the summer and I said, Jalen, what are you going to do when all your best friends from, from your seven on seven team commit to Texas? And he, he told me then he goes, I'm going to Alabama. So it doesn't matter. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's really when those guys, and, and, you know, I always say that those guys are the best recruiters and, if you can build a really strong class and that, that 2018 group was as strong of a group as I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can build a really strong core, I always tell people it's easy for kids to decommit from coaches. It's really hard for them to decommit from their friends. And that's kind of where you hold a class together down the stretch. Guys like Malik Murphy, who are going to be kind of ring leading the, the big weekend on the 18th, as you guys have reported. So um, speaking of that, that board, you know, Texas has been a little quiet on the on the commitment front. They they lost they lost one guy in Evan Stewart, but um, you know he's still in the fold. He, I think he might also be on that 18th weekend now, based on uh, what what you've you've been tweeting, Mike. I just follow you on Twitter. Uh, but so, what does the board look like? for Texas moving forward. I know there's uh, still a lot left to be said, especially in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So like what's, what's, what's Texas prioritizing. And I don't want you to give the whole cow away for free. Cause you have a, uh, you have a really great article about, about it right now up on two, four, seven. So like, what's your, um, you know, what, what are the priorities right now for Texas? Yeah. So if you want in depth on this, I would say subscribe to, uh, to uh, 24 seven. Orange 247 and uh, read the stampede, which comes out every Monday. It's my insider piece. And I kind of set the table on the board, but uh, the big viewpoint of this is I think that they, uh, if you, I like, I can quick hit each position. They want to find a good compliment to uh, uh, Jaden blue at running back. And they want, they'll be patient to find it. Um, you know, at quarterback, I'm, I think they're done barring some attrition on campus. I think that Malik Murphy is the only guy they take this year. Uh, wide receiver is a group that I think is the biggest, could be the greatest group in this class, and could be it could be bust. I mean, it is it is feast or famine for kind of the gambling they're they're doing in that position. So you could walk away with Evan Stewart and Kevin Coleman and C.J. Williams and, and Armani Winfield, or you could have to go to some secondary targets. It's a high wire act, and um, God bless our 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 readers on Horns twenty four seven. I just think that like the last year's really done a number on them and they can't, I mean, if I don't write that a kid said Texas is the only school he loves and he will not be listening to any other schools pitching, unless I write that they cannot believe a kid is actually considering Texas. So um, God bless them. But uh, you know, that is recruiting at its highest level. So you're, you're walking a high wire and you're, you're going to play in some high leverage recruitments. And I think that's wide receiver tight end is the group that like, I, I can't tell you how it's going to, it's the least clarity right now. It's they're chasing a ton of big name blue chip guys from across the country that they're probably not going to get. And then they'll evaluate some in-state guys in the spring who are more developmental prospects and look at them. Offensive line is what it is. It's going to be a slow burn. It's a brisket. Treat it like a good brisket. Don't treat it like a Lincoln Riley brisket. Um, you know, <laughs> let it low and slow. Let the thing cook. Kyle Kyle Flood knows what he's doing. He's generating a lot of respect from these guys. Um, he will, I, I would bet, land a very good class uh, on the offensive line. Defensive line, I love kind of what Bo Davis is doing on the interior. Uh, getting Christopher Ross is, was a good step at first. I think that that's... 
you know, a guy that while he's not going to just blow you off the page with the rankings, he's a guy that that's a guy that can start for two or three years at Texas and, and play at a high level. Um, and then really it's about finding pass rushers because this program lacks like true pass rushers outside of Joseph Asai, who is no longer here. So um, th- that's, that's the biggest thing. Linebacker. I like where they're going with it. Um, they've got some big, big targets, big fish. So uh, we'll see how that finishes out. And then corner to me is so, it's so specific right now that it's like they're dialed in. They've got Jalen Gilbo and they are dialed in on Denver Harris and Terrence Brooks. And like, it's, it's, those guys are bust. And if, if they bust, they're going to have to look at some other options. But um, right now, the way they're acting tells me that they feel good about where they stand with those two guys, at least good enough not to make any secondary moves. And then safety is <laughs> safety is the most fascinating position to me because I think when Blake Gideon got hired, everybody was kind of underwhelmed. Um, and I always go into any hire with an open mind and I'll call around and say, what do you know about this guy? What do you know about that guy? And I talked to a lot of coaches who were like, Dude, Blake Gideon's going to be just fine. Like, let him get around some older coaches, let them show him the ropes, but he is going to be just fine. Um, and so I said, okay, fair enough. And so far, he's got Brian Allen. I think he's got Texas into a pos- into the top position for Bryce Anderson. And there is a lot of lot of buzz. And I, it, it's just the pessimist in me can't believe it. Maybe last year hurt me too. <laughs> there is an, an amount of buzz that I can't I can't buy in enough to put the crystal ball in because I just know how these things work, but I can also not ignore the buzz that Texas is a, is probably the leader for five-star Louisiana safety, Jacoby Matthews. And if Blake Gideon pulls off that trio, I mean, it's as good of a group as you can sign at the safety position. First year head coaches uh, at UT bringing in elite, elite defensive back classes. That's that's I'm here. I'm all here for it. That's, that's amazing, man. Mike, you just gave us, I mean, 9 10 11 95 a month's worth of content right there you went above and beyond my friend now you 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 are always the best with with your insight like i said you can go top to bottom i'd love to hear your recruiting nerd stories we'll have to we'll have to talk about some recruiting history stuff um but uh yeah i mean that that's you've got me excited now um i've been excited but you you keep me uh the the flames stoked for it is there a single i know you just went through a whole list but is there a single player who is the the i don't want to call him the Bijan of the class but the the guy who if he gets on campus or when he gets on campus fans are just going to be so excited for i mean it's just going to be the the can't can't get his name out of our mouth i mean i think evan stewart's that guy right now and Mm. i'm going to raise my hand and take all the credit for that because a year ago nobody knew who evan stewart was and (laughs) i i have loved this kid since the moment i saw him I like I saw him um, in a seven on seven tournament playing with Team Texas Flex, who like full disclosure, I'm really close with. That's like the seven on seven team I am the closest with. Um, I The two guys that run that coach, O, who's all over Twitter, is a very good friend of mine. Coach Flight, who's a trainer, is a very, very good friend of mine. So, like, I know their kids inside and out. And I saw him playing on their second team last year. And I was like, that kid's really interesting. And then they sent me his track numbers. And I spent most of early part of quarantine, like just calling coaches and being like, have you seen Evan Stewart? Here's the film. Here's the track numbers. This kid's the best 200 meter guy in the, in the country. Like he can, he's going to go 10, five in the hundred. He can jump 40, like triple jump 44 feet. Like he oh. is a freak show. And 
like people were kind of bought in early and they were like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a pretty good player. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, I was saying last summer and people called me crazy. I was like, he's a faster version of Garrett Wilson. Um, now Garrett Wilson's probably a better football player, like better receiver, a little natural, like more natural feel for the game. I said, but Evan Stewart is in my opinion, the number one receiver in the country. And so it's kind of my fault because I've built him to be that guy on our board now. Um, and so like him, you know, and I know Ev- Evan and I are very close. We talk a lot. Um, Evan's a very guarded kid with who he, he talks to. So I feel like he and I are at this place where we're very honest with one another. Like the day he de- – here's a funny story that I've never told. The day he decommitted, I texted him. Like I saw the decommitment. came out of nowhere. I texted him. I'm like, all right, dude, what's going on? And he didn't answer. So I call him. 10 minutes later and he's like he picks up the phone he's eating and i'm like so what's up man and he goes oh nothing what's up with you and i was like no i mean like what's up and he goes i'm just eating lunch man what's going on and i was like evan do you do you not understand why i'm calling you (laughs) he's like oh it's about the decommitment i was like yeah he was like yeah he's like i just want to take some visits man (laughs) so that's i mean that's kind of him you know i i the funny thing i told him all year like do not commit without giving me a heads up and so, like, the night he originally committed, I got tech. I, I was going to bed because I had an early flight to Vegas the next morning to go to Pylon. And um, I had to be up at, like, 4 a.m. And I was literally, like, half asleep, and my phone goes off, and it's Ev- it just says, Evan Stewart, heads up, is all it said. <laughs> and so he would <laughs> – that's – I mean, that's Evan. So um, wow. I think Texas can win him back, and I think that his athleticism – he's the type of guy that – when you see like what Steve Sarkeesian did with guys like Devontae Smith, mm. you can do that type of stuff with Evan Stewart. I mean, he is a freak, freak, freak athlete. Um, and he just, I mean, he just keeps getting better. He's putting down track times. One of his high school coaches told me, I'm worried he's going to run so fast that he quits football and just focuses on a professional career in track at some point. Wow. So um, he's that guy for me. I think Jaden Blue is also, I think Jaden Blue's tremendous. He's not, Maybe I, I I think if Jaden Blue lived in Arizona and committed to Texas, that he would be getting the same amount of hype. For some reason, you know, fans love the out-of-state kid. Yeah. And, but Jaden Blue is every bit the number one running back in the country um, and, and is as good as it gets at that position. So um, I, I, wouldn't say, I won't say he's better than Bijan, but, like, he's a guy that, again, I think is, is awesome. I love it. Well, Mike, you are a guy that we think is awesome. Thank you. And we really appreciate you giving us some time, but we do, we, we know that you've got like a family. And so we want to, we want to give you the rest of your evening back. So Mike, if people want to find out more what you've got going on, man, where can they find you on the internet? Wait, are we not going to talk TV? I want to call. I don't want to go down to the low block and then raise my hand and call for the ball again, but like do it. This is, we do TV. Gerald, Gerald has, has now insulted you twice. First, he brought Nick Harris on, then he tried to skip. Oh my gosh. Just Mike, this is you and I talking here. This is you and I. I'm going to have to book, book Mike for the rest of the foreseeable future. (laughs) Solo (laughs) interviews, Kyle and Mike. Mike, let's, let's talk it. What are you consuming right now? What are you, what are you taking in pop culture? What uh, books on bidets are you reading? What are you absorbing? Oh yeah. It was a year ago. This is like kind of the one year anniversary of the bidet. Um, (laughs) Uh, again, I'm doing a lot of rewatches of things and going back and hitting things that were on a while ago, but I never finished or never got all the way through. And so um, the FX show Justified. Ooh. Are you guys Justified watchers? Speaking my language. Huge fans right here. 
Okay, so I watched like when it came on, I was like, this looks awesome. I watched like the first two seasons and then like moved out of my house and moved in with somebody else and we couldn't afford cable at the time. And so like just lost track of it. And then so now I've got Hulu and I was looking around. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start this from the beginning and go through. And like I'm in the last season now. Um, I'm in like the last four episodes of it um, where like spoiler alert, it's been out for 20 years, but whatever. Um, We're like Ava is flipped on Boyd and she's talking to Mm. Raylan and and he's trying to hunt Boyd down. So um, a tremendous show. I love it. I mean, I've been addicted to it. Um, So that's really what I've been watching. I got to figure out what's next is the problem. Like I'm having anxiety because I know I've got like four episodes of this left and I have anxiety of like, what am I going to do next? And so I have two ideas. One, I think will make Gerald very happy. Um, So, so this is the other idea and then I'll do the Gerald idea next. Uh, This is a great tease, Mike. This is something I hate to admit because it's like one of those things that, People like just think you're not cool if you don't like it. I've tried to watch Breaking Bad four or five times and have never been able to get into it. It's fine. Like, so I'm kind of thinking, should I just give Breaking Bad one more run and just try it again um, and see if I can get Pat? Like, I think I got to the fly episode last time. I was just like, I have, I always gauge it by like, how much do I want to uh, not play video games? And would I rather watch an episode of this or that? (laughs) Um, and so that's kind of, and, and like with justified, it's like, I'll do three or four episodes a day while I sit there and write. And then, um, like I always like, as soon as my wife goes to sleep, it's back on to justified. Um, so like, I know I I was into that show, but I just never felt that way about breaking bats, but it's kind of up in the air. That's an idea. I have never been a comic book movie guy at all. Um, I've, saw Iron Man one and fell asleep during it. And the, and I saw black Panther because I don't know, people said it was good. And so I watched it and it was fine. Um, I am kind of thinking about just because of all the hype watching the whole Marvel cinematic universe, like in order, but like, so I need your help on this. Do yeah. I have to watch every one of those movies to get like the Avengers and stuff? Or there's, is there, is there a format? Is there a formula I could follow on this? So there's there's merit to watching all of them, right? But there's also like you understand who the characters are. Like you don't have to watch the entire phase one to watch the Avengers and get the Avengers movie. Like you don't have to watch all of those films, right? That's not a thing you have to do. Especially you can skip like Iron Man Two and people get mad at me for saying that Iron Man Two is terrible. But like you can you could just jump into like the Avengers movies and get what happens between them. There's some there's some stuff that happens between Avengers and Age of Ultron that you may want to watch. Watch like Captain America the Winter Soldier, which is my personal favorite of like that early MCU stuff. It's just a real good movie. There are people that have just jumped from Avengers to Avengers and been fine. And it's yeah, I kind of want to do that, but I also feel like I'm leaving meat on the bone if I do that. And I'm like that's a what we are. You know, you're, I mean, I don't know if your ADHD manifests this way, but my ADHD manifests in almost an OCD way of like, if I start one task, I need to hit every benchmark of the task. Fixation is a real thing. Yeah, I, I totally get it. That's why it's taken me three years to beat um, the, uh, not Elder Scrolls, the, uh, um, what am I playing right now, Gerald? Why am I blanking? I don't know what you're playing, Kyle. What's the, the not Elder Scrolls Online? I'm absolutely blanking. Skyrim? Skyrim. Thank you. Uh, Skyrim, because, sorry, there's like 7,000 uh, character oh, quests. Yeah. 
Very Screw that. I was thinking, I was thinking uh, on the MC, I was going to tell you, Mike, as someone, Gerald is the expert, as someone who's seen, I probably, if I went through the list, I could get to nine of them that I've seen. I've seen the Avengers. I've seen Black Panther. I've seen original Iron Man. Uh, weirdly, I've seen like Dr. Strange. Anyways, you get it, but my wife has seen more of them. And so if you have a person like Gerald could be your sensei to fill in the gaps, you can probably <laughs> skip a little bit more than, you know, than the average person. Because if you have a question, you have a source, right? And, and that was what I had with my wife who had seen significantly more than, than me. But uh, but yeah, it, it you can do it and still get a lot out of it. If you're at 0% and I'm at 45%, and Gerald is 110. You, percent you you could find your way through somewhere in that in that medium. Gerald, how many have you seen uh, the one with the guy who snaps and kills people? Uh, Infinity War. <laughs> I've I've probably seen that one four or five times. It's it's it is top two for me. I saw the guy who um, he was on the internet. Jeff Lowe. He does the movie podcast uh, Lights Lights Camera Barstool, um, mm-hmm. and he got like the Guinness World Record for seeing. That game is that Endgame. That one's Infinity War. That's the the where he snaps is is Infinity. Okay, War. is Endgame the last one they did? The, yes, the most recent one. Yeah. Okay, so I think he saw Endgame in theaters like 137 times. Whoa, it that's was like it was that's like excessive. the Guinness World Record of like <laughs> seeing Endgame. In is theaters. he purchasing a ticket each time? You know, they've got these things, and I don't know, like, I'm, oh, I sound like such an old man when I say this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a thing here, because, like, we haven't gone to the movies in a year, and I don't know that I would ever buy this in the first place. But, like, Movie I guess it, in New York, they got those passes where it's like you pay, like, on a month, and you can just go as many times as you want. Okay. Yeah. If, if he has movie pass, that seems more feasible. If you're, if you, if you aren't and you're trying to spend that, man, you just dropped a, a car on, on seeing that movie in theaters, you know, <laughs> especially if you're getting popcorn each time. But uh, Mike, let me, I don't want this to go without a, a fair and balanced, uh, we're nothing, if not fair and balanced, um, attempt. All those are very good, but I am a huge Breaking Bad fan. And I just recently got my wife to watch it for the first time. Who's similar to you. Just, it couldn't get the interest up and i'll say you quit if you quit at the fly episode right before where she started loving it like basically everything after that she's like okay that justified the previous shows you know she still thinks they're slow in the early seasons there's things that she feels could have been expedited in the exposition which i disagree completely but um basically second half of season three four and and everything on is i mean just a, a much faster pace, a much higher energy, much higher stakes, honestly, um, show. And so if if you couldn't get the mojo, then there is an argument to be made that the other half of Breaking Bad, again, you may not like it either, but uh, might speak more to you just because it's 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 got some more it's got some more adrenaline to it. I think the fly hit me at the wrong time because I was like struggling at that point. I was like, do I really want to watch this show? Do I really want to keep investing time in it? Like I I got through that last season of Game of Thrones because I had put like I was like I don't care if this turns into a musical and the dragons start dancing like I've invested way too much time into this where we are going to finish this um and like I was kind of to that point where it's like all right here's the the get out point like do I want to invest time into this and then the fly episode hit and I was like out I'm out of this um so you know maybe you know, 
it's everybody's got their shows and i always feel ashamed with the breaking bad take right because everybody it's such a cultural phenomenon and there's parts of it that are just spectacular but like the early parts are just hard to grab me but like if anybody says a bad word about any minute second of the sopranos i'll fight them so like yeah i get it because i'm i'm that way about the sopranos and the wire and stuff so um and the shield um so those are like my three favorite shows of all time so you literally listed sopranos the wire and your love for justified which again that might be my top three with mad men and breaking bad rounding mad Mad men mad men and the west wing are also my top okay so you probably just named my top six so we are very similar so i think that given that that you 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 might want to try breaking bad because i put breaking bad really really high like depending what mood i'm in you could talk me into sopranos breaking bad or the wire in that one one spot well, it's I've just got so much time. Like when I'm I, I sit at home on days I'm not doing anything. Like I literally I wake up at eight or nine. I pick up my computer. I start writing, and I just turn something on, and I can, you know, I'll write three or four stories while I watch a show. And so it's like I can move through a show pretty quickly at that, you know, because the way my work schedule allows me to. Um, and so I was thinking about switching. Like I I've been catching movies that like I just mm. missed. Like last night I watched. Um, uh, war dogs the oh, like i had one. just never seen it and it was on netflix and i was like i think i wanted to see this it was awesome i was like this <laughs> movie's great my wife woke up like halfway through it and then watched the rest of it and she was like this is awesome i was like i know it's great so um yeah i could kind of do like that sort of thing and just um move through a show pretty quick so i think i'm gonna try to do both um i don't know what order um we'll see uh i i just don't part of me doesn't know if i want to like i have seen Breaking Bad, like, what is The Fly? That's season three? Yeah. I have seen everything from the front to that probably six or seven times. And, and <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to start at the beginning again, or maybe I should just start, like, right at that episode and just go. Um, and then, obviously, the MCU is going to take me a little time. I mean, that's uh, that feels like kind of a chore. It it can be. And, and Mike, I, I've got two things to say. One, um, take your time with it. And, again... If you watch if you watch a Marvel movie and it doesn't grab you in the first twenty minutes, just read the Wikipedia summary. And I, I just got tossed out of the nerd <laughs> club because of that. But like again, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. Like you can skip Thor: The Dark World, just read the Wikipedia summary because it's terrible. Uh, but Mike, I am with you in this. Like I couldn't get through Breaking Bad Club, so I'm just gonna I'm, I'm admitting my shame here on the podcast. Okay, well that- it's good to have support. Like I always feel like a social outcast because <laughs> it's like well people are like you like The Wire, right? And I'm like yeah, I love The Wire you like sopranos how can you not like i was like it just didn't it's just not for me i mean i don't i love sons of anarchy like it it, was great too like i how deep where you're into it because i'll say this the thing with the wire and and certainly with with sopranos is there's really gripping characters if you're just watching walter and skyler and marie i mean hank is 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 a mensch but there's a lot of characters who like they're awful or yeah they're all that kid walt jr is awful um (laughs) the wife is awful like i hate all of them i'm like this guy is doing bad things and like i should be rooting for the good people in the show but i want them to die there's two characters my two favorite characters on the show are mike erman trout and and saul so if you're not far enough in the series where they have a very central role um then and i'd explain this to my wife as well i don't know why the best parts of the show come later but those two are actually for sure my my favorite characters on the entire show yeah and see like i know bill burr shows up at some point 
Yep. And I love Bill Burr. Like he is my favorite comedian on earth. Um, and like, I know he's got kind of a tiny part, but like, I'm just, I kind of just want to get to see Bill Burr. <laughs> Is all I want to do. So. He, he rolls in Saul Goodman's crew, so you know I'm. I'm telling you, you're gonna like. You're gonna like this. You get uh, a, a big giant uh, baby Huel in there, who's just a fantastic character. He that crew brings in a lot of the. You know, there's just these these wild, ridiculous uh, schemes and, and ways and in, in, in schemes going on. So I, I I think again, I feel like I'm I'm preaching to you as Gerald's trying to offer you a way out. But I think there is, there is a path forward for you here. There is a way that could make this work. Well, maybe I'll take Gerald's recommendation. And if an episode doesn't grip me in the first 20 minutes, mm. I will read the Wikipedia and move on to the next episode. <laughs> it, you just, again, at, at, you've got to find ways to move through it. If it's something you want to do, find strategies. Well, Go ahead. Well, before we get out of here, and I know I'm 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 running up your time like crazy, and again, you guys have families and kids and stuff, so like <laughs> you've fine. got like way more to do. My wife's They're just like asleep. watching TV. So, um, Gerald, I love that you joined the Stars bandwagon this year. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not going to put it on you. It's a COVID year. It's like I just I breathe through it, and I say. We went to the effing cup last year, so I'm not going to complain about anything. Like, we had the coolest playoff run of all time. I'm not going to complain about anything. We're hurt. I'm not going to complain about anything. Like, please come back next year and uh, <laughs> and give it a try again. This year, it's like, it's maddening. And the crazy thing is, like, they're four points out of the playoff spot. So, they're literally, like, right there. They could, they could be back in the playoff picture in no time. But... And, and I mean, that's the kind of team that's like if they get Ben Bishop, their goalie who's been hurt back, and Tyler Sagan who's been out forever. Like if they get those guys back and go into the playoffs, they're dangerous as hell. But it's just like it's been a year, man. And so after starting out with the hottest power point or power play in the league, and now they can't, they just can't score goals at all. That's that's Dallas Stars hockey. I actually closed last week's show out by apologizing to Dallas Stars fans for coming on because I feel like this is my fault. It's, it's okay fault. though. It's okay. We want you to come back next year. We're 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 a very welcoming community on Twitter. Uh, those are literally my favorite people on Twitter. Is when I when I engage with Stars hockey fans, and then I'll tweet during a hockey game, and people think I'm talking about recruiting news, and I'm like, no, please leave me alone. The Stars are playing. <laughs> so if I'm like, if I'm like, damn it, on Twitter, it doesn't mean somebody just decommitted. Like it's. <laughs> It means that John Klingberg tried to toe drag somebody in his own zone and turned it over and they scored. So, which is clearly a metaphor for offensive line recruit. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so yeah, I think oh. we've hit all the subjects. That's, this is what happens when you guys don't have me on. Is I, I have a lot to talk about. And and we you know we what? love it. We we would pay by the mi- by the minute. You are. I mean, I know Nick came on. Did it. It's a solid. He was fantastic. There was nothing wrong with him. But I mean, come on. Nick's Nick, the guy to know for basketball. And I'll tell you this, Nick. When 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 we hired Nick. I told him, I don't give a damn if we cover basketball. It is not worth it. Unless you are in North Carolina or uh, it really, and this is the thing, like North Carolina, you know, you guys know like what North Carolina is like our best site in our network for numbers. They do crazy numbers off of basketball. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so like I told Nick, I was like the Texas market, it is not worth the work you put in to the page views you get to do basketball. And he still was like, I want to do recruit basketball recruiting. And I was like, all right go spread your wings, do what you want to do. And he's like all into it. And, um, you know, re- like super into it. And like, there's a kid, I'm sure he mentioned him on the podcast. We talked about recruits, Anthony black, who 
I know because he played receiver at Coppell and he played on Texas flex and all this stuff. And I know him from football, but he's like one of the top basketball targets for Texas. It just recently said like, I'm going to go all basketball. So I called Nick the other day and I just kind of hate the sport of basketball in general, but I called (laughs) Nick the other day and I was like, I really like Anthony and his mom like went to high school in the same city as me. I was like, I want to go to an AAU tournament and watch Anthony play because I really like Anthony. So, um, If we know anything about you, Mike, you're going to come out and by the end of that be a, a top three basketball basketball recruiting insider in the country so you just <laughs> no. you, you, like you said you hit you tick every box when you put your brain to something so please well, the, let let nick fly let him soar don't don't take yeah no nick nick's that's all nick i'm if i go to that thing i'm not covering it i'm gonna go sit in the bleachers <laughs> and just watch anthony play but like i can't do it like i've i've lived in the world of select seven on seven i've seen bagman at work in that world I cannot get into the AAU world. I like, I just, we don't have enough water pressure in my house for the showers I'd have to take to get that <laughs> off me. Oh man. That's a, that's a way that I think that's a way to end it. Mike, like, that's that's, that is the slam dunk. <laughs> you, you, you played the low post, you put your hand up and you dunked it like Shaq in 92. So Mike, if people want to find more of what you've got to offer, whether it's stars, whether it's AAU takes, whether it's can you get through Breaking Bad, where do they where can they find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Mike Roach two four seven on Twitter, um, and you can find me on the Horns twenty four seven message board most of the time. Uh, I will say this: let's do like we we were kind of on a once a month schedule, and I know there weren't a lot of commits, so like no use for old Mike. But um, <laughs> let's do like uh, let's keep that once a month thing going, and I'll benchmark you guys on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and Breaking Bad. Or I might just show up and be like, guess what, guys? I'm watching The West Wing for the ninth time. So. <laughs> Roll it's... the newsroom in there every once in a while. Maybe. Oh, I love the newsroom too. Yeah. I, anything Sorkin, I'm, I'm like super sure. in on. So I love it. Well, awesome, Mike. Thank you so much, man. We'll uh, we'll ha- we'll do this again next month. All right, sounds great.